Hi, everybody. This is Mikey D. Welcome to my stoop. There once was a small American town, and although it sat in the forgotten corner of a giant city, it was much like any other small community around America. Everyone knew everyone else's name and everyone's business. Instead of a stream or a brook, we had the fire hydrant. We didn't have farmer's markets, but we did have a well-stocked bodega. And rather than sitting on the front porch to watch the little world flow by, we sat on our stoops. And it seems like an ancient time, like it was some lost city. It was like I had watched it all from the stoops of Atlantis. If memory serves me, and it usually does like a loyal butler, we had much more snow in the 70s than we had in decades since. I have to laugh at the modern headlines that precede any possible chance that a flake will fall. Snowmageddon. Freezing horror on the horizon. Polar bombs will fall. When I was a kid on those stoops of Atlantis, a big snowstorm was a celebration. Not only was it a day off from school, but it meant hours of free time to turn those tons of white fluffy joy into forts, snowman angels, and great massive battles of frozen white spheres. Schools today tend to close the day before a predicted snowfall. It's crazy. When I was a kid, you woke up, glanced out the window, saw a blanket of white glistening on stoops and cars, heart racing at the prospect of a snow day only to find out that, well, it hadn't accumulated enough to justify an off day. You see, kiddies, we were never handed pre-flake days off. We had to earn it. If the snow was below your shin, yeah, well, sorry, you're getting your butt to class. Fair enough. Walking to school in six inches of snow was fun. As a kid, your mom would put those plastic bags over your shoes so they would slip into and out of your rubber boots. And when you got to school, there was that project of getting the boots off, the coat, the scarf, the gloves, all wet and coated with snow because of the inevitable snow fight in the schoolyard while you waited to enter at 8.30. The entire class would sit, desks like islands and puddles of melted snow. I was glancing through my 8th grade yearbook. There's a page of memories titled, Do You Remember? There were things our class wanted to remember all those years later when this geek named Mike would record a podcast. Some of the memories were, Do you remember when everyone was making so much noise and nobody was listening to Mr. P and he got so mad he threw everything off the desk and we were all scared? Do you remember when Christopher accidentally knocked Michael D's desk over and Michael was in it? Remember when the boys played football in the snow? Yeah, we left class for an hour, and the teacher let us play in the snow. Would the Twitterverse explode with alarmness and righteous finger-pointing if a teacher did this today? Would lawyers and police be involved in persecuting and prosecuting such a demonic educator? SWAT teams descending on the polarized playground? I'm not sure, but I, but I fear our culture has sterilized the imagination of the education system. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. Personally, though, that day I would have preferred a snowball fight to an organized sporting event, you know, where the jocks in the class got to show off to all the top girls while us geeks were slammed down even lower on the desirability pegboard. But I do remember that day. It seemed to snow big more often back in the 70s. Walls of snow, stoops rendered into ski slopes, and sidewalks merging with the street in mounds of dense white beauty. When you're eight or nine, shoveling snow isn't a burden. 
It's all part of the fun. I would grab a shovel and help my dad dig a path from the little steps that led to the cubby hole of our front door through the front gate. The sidewalk was a bigger job, but the stoop was where I wanted the shoveling to wait a little bit. I liked that black diamond run that would result when every separate step was covered and what we had was a white slide of fun. If we had a cardboard box, well, that was our sled. It's funny, I, I can't remember ever owning an actual sled. You know, like the kinds kids have on TV shows. A box, a piece of cardboard, maybe even a garbage can cover. They all work just as well. And when the trenches were dug and all that snow was piled up by the curb, well, there was a natural fort. A fort to hide behind as snowball battles ensued. Actually, there was another thing we used to do when we had these huge piles of snow. I'm sure in the 70s, if any of you were a kid at that, at that time, you'd wore those snorkel coats. Well, we would take the hood and pull it over our face and pull the strings and then dive headfirst into these walls of snow and then and, and just kind of hang out there with our heads buried in the snow like ostriches. I don't know why we did that, but we did. But, but back to the snowball fights. The thing is, being a geek and hanging around, well, mostly with geeks, we had fun snowball fights. But you also had the big kids or the jocks or the outright imbeciles who thought the object of a snowball fight was decapitation. I really hated when our fun, localized snow battles were usurped by these dozens of pain who ruined the good-natured battles and turned them into real fights for survival. It was no better than playing dodgeball. Sometimes, tightly packed projectiles were fired down from the roof of the white building across the street. These were the nukes of snowball fights. They rained down hard, sometimes with rocks at their centers, and you had no real defense against them. This is when having a backyard was great on snow days, because it was our own safe, private oasis of fun. No thugs or meanies trying to crack skulls. We could build our own forts and engage in friendly warfare, a peaceful exchange of harmless, cold, compressed fun with no chance of getting into serious trouble. Unless, well, I'm in my yard one day. Joe was sitting on the brick wall that divided our yards. It had just snowed, and I was working on an igloo. See, back in the 70s, they sold this gizmo called a snowblock maker. Big kids, little kids, moms and dads, everyone's having fun in the snow with KTEL's snowblock maker. Just scoop up some snow, pack it down, turn it over, and out pops a perfect snowblock. Stack them up to make snow forts, igloos, all kinds of healthy outdoor fun. Turn your backyard into a winter wonderland with KTEL's snowblock maker, $2.99. Comes complete with aluminum shaping shovel. Yeah, that was a commercial, I don't know if you remember that one. It was just that. It was a red plastic block you filled with snow and made perfectly formed bricks. It even came with a little shovel. Well, I, I didn't have the cash for that. But I, but I had a bucket. I remember laying block after block of snow, building the first level of my igloo. When I stepped on a rake hidden under the snow, yeah, right out of the Three Stooges, I fell back on my ass. Anyway, I heard the little small bathroom window on the second floor open, and my little sister Laura popped her head out, and she was laughing. I got up off my butt, swiped a palmful of snow, stealthily compacted it, and took aim. She laughed again and ducked, and I let it fly. The window slid down, slammed, and missed her. She opened it again. Okay, we had a challenge going now. I made another snowball and launched it. Window dropped, snow exploded off the closed window. Missed again. I quickly grabbed another handful, and I waited. The window popped open. I threw it, but my sister was quick. It went down, and the snowball flew. Damn. Grabbed another one. Bigger. I wasn't going to miss this time. As soon as I saw the window slide up an inch, my snowball was going to be launched. I waited, fingers gripping the snowball, my arm primed and cocked. 
and I waited, and I waited. Then a shadow flickered behind glass. My heart skipped a beat. Arm reached back like Doc Gooden. The window was home plate. Two outs in the ninth. Mets up two to one. Runner on third. Two strikes. The window lifted. The pitch was thrown. Snow exploded on a human face. But it wasn't my sister. It was my father. In the corner of my eye, I saw Joe slink off. Any snow within a square foot around me melted from the rush of embarrassment and fear that filled my entire body. My father yelled as snow flew from his mouth, his eyeglasses dangling around his chin. He tried yelling at me through mouthfuls of white snow, and I just stood there staring. And he stared back, closed the window, went back in. And he actually never said another thing about it. I did finish that igloo. It was actually pretty big and pretty cool and it lasted a couple weeks or more before finally collapsing like Frosty the Snowman in spring. I don't know, it seemed back then the snow piled up higher, hung around longer, and provided much more fun and games than do the apocalyptic and doomsday shouts of the modern day headliners that usually result in about three inches of snow that gets reported at six and is melted in two days. I guess our temperatures are warmer than they were back then, that is for sure. It was fun. It was all an event. Snowfall was just another way to break the boredom, even when it covered completely our Stoops of Atlantis. This has been the Stoops of Atlantis with Mikey D. Stay tuned for future tales and bizarreness from that ancient land called East Harlem. Check me out on Facebook. <laughs>